All right, all right, my friends, my friends, welcome to episode number 33 of the Friday Froster. Kelly, can you believe we're at three? (laughs) Joe and I were together yesterday, and apparently I wore her out with all of our energy for fraud and pop culture. I said I kind of had the Zoom flu yesterday by the end of the day. Well, apparently Joe's in Colorado, and somehow we transferred the Zoom flu through whatever, WebEx. Um, Yeah. Just yeah, so you guys see Joe is missing today. So today what we're going to have to do is channel our inner Joe for the show. So you guys know what time it is when you step into the room with me. Drop those emojis into the chat that signifies the mood that you're in right now because we want to know how you're doing because we care about you. Now Thomas is here and Thomas says, for my Houston network, put this on the app and go walk outside. The weather is gorgeous. And my buddy Doreen is here from Toronto. And you know what? Hal, it's rainy in Florida, Hal. You know what, Hal? I hate to say we're going to disappoint you today, my friend, because we don't have a Florida man story. (laughs) For that, I do apologize. But that means that your state hasn't been that bad this week. (laughs) (laughs) And Stephanie is here from Seattle. Cheers, Stephanie. Cheers. Good to see you as always. Diane says that rhymes. Inner Joe for the show. You know, I didn't even think about that. You know, in a past life, I probably was a rapper. (laughs) You wish you were Lynn Manuel. (laughs) And Dan is all smiles today from Houston as well. Hey, Dan. I got a text you. Uh oh. Is somebody stealing again, Kelly? No, no. I I want him to be on Great Women in Fraud. He just took a really amazing crypto course. Nice. Clarence is here. Clarence, we hadn't seen you in a few weeks or maybe you've just been quiet. So it's good to see you, man. And I know I say this every time, but we do need to catch up. We do need to catch up. So look, you guys, Friday Fraudster, you are here with us. This is the best live show where we talk about fraud. We're available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. So why don't you go over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us and give us a five-star rating. I think we deserve it. Don't you? Amy Hughes is here, and she is jumping around, jumping for joy. And Garnell, we hadn't seen you in a while. Garnell is here. Hey, my friend. Hopefully you are well. Oh, Dan speaking on crypto in Florida. Oh, God, he's going to go meet Florida, man. What? Where do you see? Oh, I see that. Dan is speaking on crypto. Oh, wow. And Janine is here. Hey, Janine, how are you? Hopefully all is well with you. So, look, you guys, before we get started with today's show, there are a couple of things that I want to say. I personally want to thank every audit, fraud, and compliance professional I've been doing this for about 25 years, and I just want to say doing this has actually saved my life. When I was growing up, the average life expectancy for a black man was 24 years old, so I didn't expect to live past 24. I've got a birthday in two weeks, and I won't tell you how old I will be. You'll just have to guess. 21. And this has been an excellent career for me. I've made a lot of friends, met a lot of people, and done a lot of exciting things. But one thing that I do want to say is next week. I'm actually the closing keynote speaker at the IIA's All-Star Conference. Now, if you hadn't registered for the conference, I mean, it's virtual and it's in person. But I mean, me, a guy from a small town in Alabama, the closing keynote speaker at a conference in Las Vegas where we expect to have, you know, a few thousand people possibly. Yeah, that's amazing. But well-deserved. Well, well-deserved. I'm just kind of speechless. So for that, I want to say thank you to all my friends. I just want to say thank you. Just a little speechless. Um, But it's kind of terrible to be speechless if I have a show to do, right? That's (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of bad. But, But let me say this also, though. As a thank you, I know it's 
almost the end of the year and everybody's trying to get in those 40 hours of CPE before the year ends. So what I'm doing is one of my courses that's online on my website, I'm putting it on sale for 50% off. It's called Introduction to Active Listening for Internal Auditors. It's an introduction to active listening for internal auditors. It's an on-demand course. And by golly, it's good because I say it is. <laughs> if you go to my website, put in the coupon code Active Listening 11. Just remember Active Listening and it's November. So it's the 11th month. Active Listening 11. And you'll be able to get that course at 50% off, which is going to be a really good price for you. Um, take the course. It's a one-hour CPE. It's on demand and it's all about active listening. So um, before I get a little teary eyed, let's go on with Kelly. Kelly, tell them about what's happening in Great Women in Fraud. Oh, my gosh. I um, I recorded three episodes this week because next Friday I'm not going to be here, guys. I'm going to be on a beach in Mexico. Wait a um, minute. Weren't you just in Mexico? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, we I had I had work this week. I did the New York State Internal Controls Association. It was awesome. Did pink collar and the Joe and I did fraud and pop culture and the interaction was off the charts. It was so awesome. So that's why Joe is totally worn out even though I'm older. Like I'm the one who's supposed to be worn out. Um no. So, um doing that, I'm doing a uh um Ooh, a college class next week, um, like for Beta Alpha Psi, uh, which I love to do. But we have some great guests in the past. I'm getting Dan on the podcast about crypto. Do you hear that, Dan? Um, so um, the stories are nuts today. And actually, I told Robert this beforehand. In Portland, I... You know what? I'm going to put a link in the chat because it's so horrible. If you follow me on Twitter, um, some nice old lady gave her husband's body for research. He died of COVID. And it turns out that they um, did a paid event to watch the autopsy. But okay, that's crazy. And I can't even imagine. And unfortunately, I think people are going to see the story and then they're going to go, well, I'm not going to do that if my loved one passes, even though maybe they have something that could, you know, contribute to, you know, medical research. But it gets way, way worse, you guys. Way, way worse. So I tweeted this morning, I go on my run and I get this, I get a message or, you know, a tweet. And this is what it says. Who gives a shit? Sorry, excuse my French. He's dead. Get the bleep over it. I, he's a retired, as he says, second generation cop. He pulled the tweet because it was, I wanted to like throw up. I want to dox him. I won't. Um, but empathy, people. Empathy. And I'm working on my empathy chapter. Um for Chelsea Bins and um, Bruce Sackman's book of investigations. And I saw that and I'm like, what the hell? I, so go on my Twitter. It's not there. I, yeah, Stephanie, that would be awful to see a video of your loved one like that. I can't even imagine. Right. Well, and, and, and that's fraud. I mean, they gave the body to science and now they took the body and, and, and well, sold tickets to view it being dissected and chopped up and that that is and that's fraud but no that really is fraud though kelly what did you say it was it's a uh, it's a class felony? felony wow wow yeah so but i mean i was so like I, I put out this tweet and for someone to do that i mean obviously someone saw it and said hey dude you know um this is inappropriate but i screenshotted it so I won't ever forget. Sorry. Okay. My little rant yeah. for the day. I just, I can't believe that it happened. Just insane. There are crazies. Yeah. Crazies. So. All right. But let's get to real fraud. <laughs> so let's get to our first story for today. You see the title, Blinded by Love. You know, they say love is blind, but is fraud blind? So today, what are we talking about? You're probably wondering. The wife 
of a Conway doctor is convicted for Medicaid fraud. Now, doesn't it seem like every week we're talking about Medicare and Medicaid? 53-year-old Karen Todd pleaded guilty to a Class A felony Medicaid fraud. In addition to her sentence, she was ordered to pay more than $280,000 in restitution and more than $570,000 in fines to the state of Arkansas. Karen Todd, 52 of Conway, it was one count of Medicaid fraud, sorry. During the time of the investigation, Todd told the office manager, she was the office manager of Todd Eye Clinic and the wife of Charles Todd Jr. Upon her arrest, she admitted to purposely submitting fraudulent claims that were thousands of dollars over the actual billable amount. So now, what she was doing was, uh, well, first, let me just say this, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Is this, is this a pink collar crime? Eh, well, I, uh, I mean, apparently she did something similar before. Um, <laughs> I think she got divorced. She uh, did. So, yeah. so I think it's a pink collar crime to her husband or maybe now ex-husband, but the Medicare Medicaid is not a pink collar crime. So ah. That's kind of where I differentiate it. Stealing from her husband's practice, yes. But the Medicare and Medicaid, I'd go for just, you know, white collar crime. She's just ah. the rainbow of crime. And there's a picture of her. In oh, her we'll, we'll get to that. We will get yeah. to the picture of her. But let, let, let's talk a little bit further now. So now she was the office manager of Todd Eye Clinic, right? She was inflating its crossover claims. So let's talk about what a crossover claim is. A crossover claim is a claim that includes claims for patients who are covered under both Medicare and Medicaid, and they receive services under both entities. So while investigating the Todd Eye Clinic, authorities reportedly found that it had the highest Medicaid payouts from 2015 to 2019 of all of the other clinics that were in the state. Now, hearing that, you would think that maybe they were doing some sort of data analytics and that's how they discovered it, right? This small office discovered these claims because they were using data analytics, right? Anybody else think they were using data analytics? Kelly says data analytics I for 100, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my friends, if only that were the case, if only our state agencies were smart enough to use data analytics, we wouldn't have a show. Oh, you know what? I have to interrupt really quickly. Okay, sorry. I'm listening to Indra Nui on Adam Grant's podcast. They did an event together um, at Wharton. And um, she either said she is taking a class or what class she would take. Guess what it would be? Data analytics. Indra Nui. She's very, very smart. And you know what's interesting? And I'm going to actually talk about this on my podcast is I saw a tweet about Indra Nui saying that she's never had to ask for a raise and she got blasted in the internet world. And so I was oh, wow. like, I'm not buying her book. But then I've listened to her with Adam Grant twice now. I'm buying her book. Again, it's social media taking it, I think, completely out of context. Um, so, but she said data analytics. I was so excited when I heard that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. When you use data analytics, you can you can discover a lot of things. You can find fraud. You can find where you can save money. So, yeah, let's hold on to that thought for just one minute because our state agencies should be using data analytics to catch fraud. But here's what the court documents said. Court documents show that the copay amounts uh, that were normally uh, no more than 20% of the amount billed to Medicare and that the Medicare K deductible covering these claims typically does not exceed $185. So that was what was normal. So they're saying in six particular cases, um, she should have billed and collected $2,800 and Medicaid paid out $40,000. Huh. <laughs> Again, this goes to where the Medicaid investigator that I saw speak at the OACFE many years ago. She's like, I bring in seven times my income. Yeah, yeah. Now, an audit of the Todd Eye Clinic showed that uh, the Medicaid program suffered a loss of nearly $600,000 due to the manner in which Karen entered the claims into the system. But let's just talk about how they actually 
found this and Kelly says this all the time. And the more we do these stories, the more I see that it is actually true. They received a complaint against Karen and uh, a special agent, Rhonda Swindle, said that she learned that Dr. Todd's office had the highest crossover claims after investigating after someone blew the whistle. Now, the person that blew the whistle was a former employee at the location. She was a biller or a coder and uh, for approximately one year. <laughs> and what she said was the optometrist wife's duties uh, included billing patient insurance companies, and she would often go home and do it from home instead of at the office. And while at home, she would often call back up to the office and ask the young lady to walk her through the screens to bill Medicaid. But it gets this better. Is... <laughs> it gets better. Apparently, the husband. Well, let me just say this. Do you guys think that it's odd that we're only talking about the wife and it was a clinic where the husband owned it and the wife worked in the clinic? Anybody think that's odd? Anybody have any thoughts about that? Put your thoughts in the chat. What do you think about that so far? So, Kelly, what do you think so far? OK, so this reminds me of a dentist case. I assisted with where the um, now ex-wife was she wanted her divorce, you know, settlement in advance of the actual divorce. So she started stealing and we were able to prove that because she had everyone use her password in the you know software and um, we were able to prove with key card access and no one else having um remote access that she did all the adjustments because they were all done after eight at night or via remote. So, and she said on the stand, she had to admit it. I wasn't there for it. Had I known she was going to admit it, I would have been there for it. But um, yeah. So, and uh, Justina says better to let her take the fall than have him lose his license. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to wait for her in prison. You know, here's what's funny though. I love our audience because Hal picked up on this. And I don't know why I didn't pick up on this. Special Agent Swindle, the agent oh, who investigated. I, I the said I want to be Agent Swindle. I mean, <laughs> honestly, if I had been calling up this is Special Agent Swindle, people would have hung up on me. Like <laughs> my partner was Special Agent Bond. And I was oh, just oh. like, no one's going to believe you're Special Agent Bond. Now, but did he special like Special Agent Swindle? Yeah. Did he like his martini shaken, not stirred? He was actually a teetotaler. Uh-oh. Okay. So now, yeah, you're right, though. Jacina says better to let her take the fall than to him lose his license. Oh, Jacina, it gets better than that. Just hold on for one minute, my friend. I'm so glad you are here today to hear this. This is insane. Tree says, where is Courtney Herring? Courtney Herring is my friend that does medical billing and coding. 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 <laughs> a little tongue-tied today. Hell, I, I always wanted to be Inspector Gadget. He had all the cool toys, either that or Batman, right? Because, I mean, you know, Batman had the cool utility belt. And that is funny, isn't it, Janine? Special Agent Swindle. I can't believe I didn't pick up on it. Thank you, Hal. <laughs> Thank you, Hal, for bringing the comic relief as always. Okay, so let's get back to my friend Jacina here. Better to let her take the fall than for him to lose his license. According to the special agents, the whistleblower told them that she told the husband and the husband told the wife to stop and the wife refused. He told her to stop twice, not once, but twice. So I say go to jail and he told her to stop and she didn't. My husband tells me to stop buying nice, fine Italian leather boots. And do I? No, because he doesn't see my Nordstrom's bill. So, you know, we're all good. Well, I'm fairly certain if he told you to stop doing something that would land you in jail, you would probably stop doing that. Absolutely. I don't yeah. write them off on my taxes. He would make me stop if I was doing that. Oh, boy. So now um, she is scheduled, I think, for arraignment on December the 9th. Um, I, all I can say is have fun. Um. So if you go into Facebook and you put her name, there's a Fox News story about her. 
Um, and the comments, see, this is where I love like social media, media, the comments are just hysterical. Um, her husband had to know there's no way he couldn't know. I wonder why they gave her three years, dot, dot, dot. Oh, never mind. And then this one is too funny. I'm going to actually put this in the, I'm going to copy it and put it in the chat because this is, I don't know why we didn't get this one, Robert. Okay, look in the chat, guys. Betcha she didn't see that coming. optometrist. <laughs> <laughs> Fraud humor. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, man. An eye clinic, right. I bet she didn't see that coming. <laughs> we have so much fun with fraud. Fraud humor. Fraud humor. <laughs> oh, Hal says, I'll bet her eyesight is pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this goes to, you know, this goes to, it's on Main Street. I mean, you know, theoretical Main Street. It happens to small businesses, and it affects all of us. So this isn't Enron. This isn't. Bernie Madoff, this is, I'm going to say small town America or whatever, mid, middle America, and it's happening. And we are paying for this, you guys. Yeah. This is a crime that we pay for. We don't pay, well, maybe we do. We don't really pay for like, you know, when cars get stolen or stuff like that, unless it's your car. But we really pay for this. So again, this changes. This is why I do the work I do is that you know, these are typical criminals that yeah, granted, you know, she doesn't look great in this picture, but <laughs> you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't cross the street for her. Like you wouldn't be scared of her, but we need to be scared of these people. They're not our typical bad guys. So yeah, okay. yeah. So I tell you what, though, I'm about to be mean and we might get kicked off of LinkedIn for what I'm about to say. No, don't say it. So Jacina says, tell her to stop but doesn't fire her. So now, Jacina, if he had fired her, he would have had chaos in his household. Now he's been able to get rid of her. <laughs> it's so going to be easier for him to get a divorce and not to have to pay like alimony because she's in the pen. Thank you, Kelly. That's exactly where I was going with it. But you know what? They would have roasted me if I had said that. But yeah, okay. you have, you have, you have got that right. Um, uh, Sherry here. Sherry is here. Sherry Stein. She's showing up as LinkedIn user. She said, "Glad that she was busted." Oh my gosh! And on Facebook, a chiropractor and his wife who operate out of Sherwood need to be busted for this too. Um, this is where you go on Facebook or social media, and you just like literally the Medicaid investigate agent swindled needs to get on Facebook. And Ooh. she needs to go and look at whatever this clinic is out of Sherwood. You know what? So, Agent Swindle needs her own YouTube channel and her own LinkedIn live. That would just be so cool. Agent Swindle. At your oh, service. my God. Maybe I should get agentswindle.com. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. You know what? You should get Agent Swindle on your podcast, on the Great Women in Fraud podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. In I, all seriousness, I, yeah. Now, Beth says it's kind of hard to fire your own wife, you know. You know what? Beth, again, like I just said, he's probably better off with her in jail. Seriously. I mean, dude, he told her twice to stop and she didn't stop. Okay. Agentswindle.com is available. Should I get it and just yes. give it to Agent Swindle? <laughs> yes, you should. Yes. You, in all seriousness, you should get agents. Well, you know what? We should bring Agent, Agent Swindle on this show. Yeah. And on the Great Women in Fraud podcast. So... Hal says, caught because of a tipster slash whistleblower. Wonder how much longer it would have gone on otherwise, since she didn't stop when her husband told her to. That's okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the husband and the tipster have Ooh. become really close. Really, really close. Now, Thomas says, I wonder if the husband was the whistleblower. No, Thomas, the husband was not the whistleblower. But back to Kelly's point. <laughs> the husband and the whistleblower might actually be really close. And that was their way of getting rid of. Wow. Jacina hit it on the head. She was already there. His girlfriend. Well, you know, in medical offices, they call the office manager the second wife. So maybe she is going to be the second wife. 
it probably so but you know what that that begs another question so you know here we always like to try and dig into what could have been the intent behind it and, and so i started wondering could it be that maybe the clinic was doing the not the clinic the well the clinic was doing bad and the wife was trying to save it from going under i highly doubted if that were the case though but could that be a possibility so i looked it up and it's still open and it's still running without her so you know what then this is also okay so you go to the clinic and he's upset he's mad maybe they have kids they're in prison and then he's an optometrist so there's no surgery going on um dan best sources yep ex-wife ex-girlfriends or both absolutely um the medical professional is distracted now he's an optometrist so maybe he just gives you a bad prescription but what if he or she is a dentist and they forget to give you novocaine or god forbid what if they're an orthopedic surgeon and they're distracted because of this and they you know i don't know give you the wrong new knee so this is where people don't i'm not going to say don't understand it but the sort of downstream effects and stress of something like this can really take you off your game. And I don't want my medical professional to be off their game. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen some crazy stuff, right? Because we've also seen videos of uh, doctors who own hoverboards doing dental surgeries in the past few years. <laughs> but, you know, this case has been just like most of the others where it was inaccurate coding because. Apparently, the the whistleblower medical biller slash coder would code it correctly, and then the wife would go add additional codes onto it for more money. And the husband said stop, and she wouldn't stop, and so now she's in jail. So yeah, I, I wonder if he has a Facebook page with him and his new girlfriend slash whistleblower on his Facebook page. <laughs> Jacina says, "Who is the new office manager?" Hmm. I do not know. But, you know, also, I wonder in in, in this case, like most other cases, if the whistleblower got a cut of the money, because that that's customary. Now, when you blow the whistle uh, for the government, you can sue on behalf of the government and you get to take a piece of the pie. So I wonder how much the whistleblower got. I was trying to look that up and I couldn't find anything on that for this particular story. So. Um, What state is it in again? Arkansas. Hal says he needs to hire Agent Swindle to investigate his doc before his next visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so I just went to ArkansasAG.gov, and this was from August 23rd. Rutledge, who's the AG, um, files lawsuit seeking over 800000 in restitution from Dr. Charles Todd, Jr., Karen oh. Todd and Conway Conway Eye Care Todd Eye Clinic. So he had two different clinics. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Ew. so the husband may not live happily ever after. After all, Mm-mm. no way. Nope. Um, oh boy. <laughs> and then I'm looking at the Better Business Bureau. Oh, there's no reviews for the Todd Eye Clinic in the Better Business Bureau. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. They did such a stellar job. All right, you guys. So that is our first story for today. Love is blind, but apparently fraud is not because agent swindle will be coming after you if you commit fraud in Arkansas. Uh, (laughs) so before we get to our second story, wow. Kelly and Joe have this thing called a fraud retreat. You guys should probably go to it. It's next year, August the 4th and 5th. Fraudretreat.com is where you can go to get your tickets. Kelly, anything you want to say about the fraud retreat? I'm going to have some surprises for Joe. Um, maybe some t-shirts that she's going to, I'm going to make her wear during this event. <laughs> and um, of various swindles. Um, it's going to be awesome. And you know why it's going to be awesome? Because it, this word is so overused. It's a bespoke 
meaning small, exclusive, but it is very reasonable retreat. And you're going to, you're not going to see, you know, Harry Marco Polos way off in the corner with a hundred people around him. You're going to see other people that you can go and talk to. So be there or be square. So, yeah. So check this out. Bonita says she wants to go for her vacation. <laughs> B, why don't you start planning right now, my friend? Start planning right now. Because you have uh, a little less than a year, but you still have a sufficient time. Because it's also going to be at, uh, what's the resort right outside of Denver? It's really Gaylord. Nice. Yes, the Gaylord. Gaylord. So, yeah. If you've never been to the Gaylord, Benita, mm, you definitely need to go to this thing. It's my nice. Friend. So now, before we move on, I have got to just shout out Hal again. Hal says, do I hear Johnny Nash singing? I can see clearly now the wife is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and my girlfriend's here. Isn't there a song like My Girlfriend's Back? I kind of feel like there's a song like My Girlfriend's Back. Oh, there probably is. I don't think I've heard that one, but I'm, you know, guessing that there probably is. So you guys, one more thing before we get to our second story. I'm going to move through that one fairly quickly because it's, whew, it's an interesting one, but um, hmm. Not much to say about it. It's just a whole lot of fraud. But before we go there, it is almost Christmas time. And with it almost being Christmas time, you should pick up a special gift for that awesome auditor in your life. And by special gift, I mean the awesome auditor shirt. Pick up one. Go to my website, thatauditguy.com. Go to the store. Pick it up, man. It's an awesome shirt because we're awesome auditors. It's an awesome shirt for awesome people at an awesome price. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I should just clip that out. It's an awesome shirt for awesome people at an awesome price. So, yeah. All right. I am not going to leave you in limbo much longer. You've seen the title of the next story. The Coffee Cons. What am I talking about? It's a New Jersey bribery scandal straight out of the Sopranos playbook. Now, when I say no, out of the wire. It's out of Ooh, the wire. You know what? You're right. The wire. Darn it. Darn it. So a group of Garden State officials embroiled in a corruption sting met in diners and parking lots where they accepted cash bribes stuffed in coffee cups and paper bags. That is what the state attorneys general is announcing. The five defendants included a school board president, a former state assemblyman, the wife of Morristown's mayor. They're all accused of taking thousands of dollars in bribes disguised as campaign contributions and in, uh, from an unnamed tax attorney who they promised to hire for lucrative legal work. Now, this misconduct took place between May and July of 2019 is what the complaint is saying. Now, Let's just talk about a few of these things. Wait, before we talk about a few of them, Dan, New Jersey, no way. <laughs> I know, Dan, I was shocked and appalled as well. I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Poor New Jersey, they just get a bad rap. Oh, boy. <laughs> poor, poor, poor New Jersey. But I mean, well, what else do you expect? But let's talk about some of them, though. Mary Daugherty. The first lady of Morristown and a former Morris County freeholder candidate accepted a cup of coffee stuffed with $10,000 worth of $100 bills at a restaurant. But then that wasn't good enough. She later asked the witness to cut her four checks for $2,500 each. She had to get that money into the bank, right? Now, the president of Jersey City Board of Education was charged with $35,000 in cash bribes to hire the witness as a special counsel to the school board. He protested his innocence to the attorney general claiming he was targeted because he sued the state for 2.1 billion with a B dollars and said that his school district was owed. So he's saying that they set him up because he sued the state for $2.5 billion. He's on LinkedIn. Oh boy. What'd you find on LinkedIn, Kelly? It's not very vibrant. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> no, it's just, it's, you know, it's not great. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you guys want to see what the 10 look like, here they are right here. Again, not scary people. Yeah. Not, not scary people. Not scary looking people. Not bad guys as we know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? I did say I've started watching The Wire again for the third time. Um, and the episode the other night in the first season where the politician, the city councilman gets caught with like over 20 grand in cash and they may, they have to give it back to him. And I just was like, yeah. And Beth, yes, he's on LinkedIn. I'm, pr I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there's a guy with Sudan Thomas's name and he's in the New York area. So it's probably him. Yeah. And Beth says, seriously, no Beth for play play. <laughs> we don't play with fraud. <laughs> But but check this out now. So one of the stories says that, uh, let's see, where is this thing? Darn it, I've lost my place. Oh, Sudhan Thomas was given $35,000 in cash in envelopes, according to a criminal complaint. One envelope was filled with $25,000, was handed off in a restaurant parking lot. In return for funds for his reelection campaign, Thomas offered to make the briber who became a cooperative witness, the school board's real estate council, one complaint says. I, I want to go live on an island where you have to trade coconuts to get stuff. Because like this week, I've just seen so many, like so much corruption, like whether it's embezzlement or corruption or whatever, it's like people, money doesn't solve problems. It does short term. But long term, you just, you know, this is your legacy. And it's all for a few, you know, George Washingtons or Ben Franklins or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the mayor who laundered money. Before he was elected mayor in 2015, Ronald J. Demira worked for years as the treasurer for the local Democratic Party on a local campaign and on local campaigns in the borough of Middlesex, a small community 30 miles southwest of Manhattan. Those financial positions enabled him, now age 63, to steal $190,000 from campaigns, then use a charity he operated to launder the money according to an indictment. So this is just an indictment. Between January of 2013 and June of 2019, Demura made purported donations from the campaigns to the charity, prosecutors are saying. But the nonprofit only spent half, only spent a small fraction of that money on charitable deeds, with the rest diverted into his bank account or a business account that he controlled. This is what the indictment said. Demira, who was also accused of soliciting a $10,000 donation from a developer when he was mayor, was charged with nine counts, including theft by deception, money laundering, and official misconduct and tampering with public records. The most serious charge charges have a sentence of up to 10 years in prison, and he could be fined up to $500,000 on the money laundering charge. It's, there's so much money in education and people just don't think that there is so much money in education. And there really is. There's just tons. And the conflicts of interest are huge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dan says he honestly believes this type of activity will move to cryptocurrency and make it much harder to trace and prosecute. White collar crime is going to move to crypto. Yes, it already has. Yeah. Yep. Hal says, what, no wire fraud? Yeah, everybody's, it is usually always wire fraud, right, Hal? But this time, no wire fraud. My former district, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, wait a minute, that. Beth, where do you live? I forgot where you live. Your former <laughs> district. <laughs> well, she's got her master's of education, so. Oh, she's, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, 
our kids shouldn't see this happening at young ages. Maybe they don't, but I think they do. Um, it's just, it's hard when kids have to see that stuff like this is going on at an early age. And then I don't know if it's a prosperous borough or town or whatever. Um, is it? Where are we? And I forgot. Um, uh, Town was one of them. And then we went somewhere else. There's a couple of different, couple of different ones. Yeah. Oh, Beth is in Dallas. Oh, well, yeah, you're in Dallas. Yeah. I forgot you were in Dallas. But wait, there's another one. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's always more. Carl Washington Jr., a councilman in Penn's Grove in southern New Jersey, worked as a local coordinator for a statewide anti-littering initiative. He was managing funds intended to ensure that state that parks and other public areas stayed pristine. But prosecutors are accusing him of stealing more than $8,000 from the program, saying he doctored paperwork in order to obtain fraudulent checks. The checks were made out to organizations that were run by Washington and several associates, including his nephew, LeVar H. Ledbetter. And this is what prosecutors allege. Those associates cashed the checks then returned some of the money to Washington and Ledbetter. Both men were charged with official misconduct, conspiracy, theft by unlawful taking, and misapplication of entrusted property. Washington did not respond to requests to comment from NJ.com. He said that he and Ledbetter were innocent, claiming that the allegations were levied against him by a political rival. So who, at their initial appearance, has ever said they're guilty? It initial. Like, eventually, you know, they're going to say they're guilty, or maybe not. But, like, maybe no not. one at the initial, even if they're found with, like, the bloody axe in their hand or the cash in their hand, no one at initial appearance, it's always just, you know, yeah, not guilty. So, of course, they're going to say not guilty. Well, yeah. I wonder who in the group is going to plead the belly. Ah! Oh my God. It's that trial. Elizabeth Holmes. Oh my. Did you guys know last week when Joe was Elizabeth, I was Noel and Robert was the bodyguard, Noel being Elizabeth's mom. Um, uh, Joe had so much interaction on LinkedIn because of that picture. Yeah. And um, yeah. So it was like one of her best posts ever because it was eerie. I could never be Elizabeth Holmes for many reasons, but like I have olive skin, so that isn't, and Elizabeth Holmes is very not olive skin. So um, yeah, but no, that was one of the best interactions that Joe has had on LinkedIn because again, the visuals, the visuals like, yeah, innocent, then victim, then insanity. Okay. Yeah, Hal hit it. First they're innocent, then they're the victim, then they plead insanity. But you know what? Beth says that she actually left her director position because of discrepancies uh, when she worked overseas. Yeah. Interesting. Now, Beth was actually a guest on my other podcast, The Corporate Quitters. If you've never, if you've not seen that episode, go check it out. Now, Benita is taking me back to old school hip hop, more money, more problems. More money, more money. Oh, sorry. Wow. I told you the second one was going to be short, but also uh, crazy. Very, very crazy. Dan says, Elizabeth having a baby with what in front of her is clearly irresponsible. Yes, considering everything that she's about to face, having a baby is definitely irresponsible. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see what kind of jail time she gets and how that works, because now that Kelly has told us about pleading the belly, I'm really aware of it and looking out for it now because I'm, I'm just curious, like, what is going to happen? This woman's company was worth, what, $58 billion at one point, And it was a fraud? The entire company? Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. I don't know. I don't know. We, Joe and I were talking about it yesterday in the fraud and pop culture class. And um, the only reason I think that she is could be guilty is the health angle of it. Because, I mean, first off, you guys know, I don't ever want victim shaming. I don't believe in it. But 
with the Theranos investors. Sorry, I'm going to be totally wrong here. Screw them. They were greedy. They didn't do the proper due diligence. I had a discussion with an attorney investigator last week who did a little bit of it. And I'm like, sorry. Like she goes, well, they lied on their stuff. It's like, that's what due diligence is, is to find out if they're lying. Like, come on. Um, Well, these people who invested and there was an attorney who like, you know, an attorney for Kissinger or Schultz who formed it out to other people. They all just got greedy. And I don't care that they lost their money. I'm sorry. This is the only time I'm going to say I don't care that they lost their money. Well, and here's the thing, too. If you are making an investment in a new product or service, wouldn't you test it out to make sure it works? You wouldn't just take their word for it. You would probably, you know, hire an independent party to test it out. Or if it was something that you could experience yourself, you would test it out for yourself. Uh, that just kind of makes sense that that would be something that you would do, but mm, apparently not in this case. Yeah. I mean, I think she should go to prison. Um, but I also think that like those investors, I'm sorry, my violin is really, really small for those investors. Um, yeah, I know Dan, remember the investors are not taking her to the court. It is an integrity in the free market issue. Absolutely. Right. So, and again, is. we are paying for it. You know how much it costs to prosecute a case like this? Yep. All of us are paying for it. Yeah. So our tax dollars are paying for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, CVS and Walgreens. Um, I don't know if it was CVS. Uh it was oh, one you know of them. It was Walgreens. You know what's funny? I didn't realize this till this week when I was listening to Swindle before I did a Rita Crunwell update presentation. Dixon, Illinois, where Rita Crunwell stole $53 million. It's known for Ronald Reagan's hometown being Ronald Reagan's hometown. It is also the hometown of, I think it's Charles Walgreen, who founded Walgreens, and the John Deere family. So Dixon, Illinois has this, but you know what? Now everyone just knows it's like that horse lady who stole all that money. Right, right. I had no idea about John Deere. Yeah, and Walgreens. Wow. Yeah. And Walgreens. That is insane. In a town of 16,000 people. Yeah. Oh, Safeway. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Okay. That's it. Thank you, Dan. It was Safeway and Walgreens. Yeah. They fell for it too. And you would think that they would do their due diligence, but apparently they did not. So you guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of Friday Froster. Now, don't forget, if you want to get my course active listening for internal auditors for 50% off. You have until Sunday. Go to my website, thatauditguy.com, find the course in the store, type in the code active listening 11, and you will get that course for 50% off only until Sunday. You have until Sunday. So, for all of you guys who are looking for very good CPEs at a reasonable price at year end, Tell all your audit friends to go get that course. Ah, so I have a fun new book. I want to tell a hundred things we've lost to the internet. This is really fun. Oh my God. It's really fun. Um, One of the things we've lost is empathy, handwritten letters. Um, Oh, the one I read the other night was um, the period. Oh my God. It's so funny. It is like, I never thought about that. You mean like in sentences when you're writing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, my yeah. sister gives me such a hard time because I'll do text her. Yes, period. And there's a whole thing about the period. And oh, my God. Thank oh, you, wow. Dan. Even without Joe. Oh, my gosh. Joe. Yeah, I know. She you, rounds us out. You know what, though? Thomas is probably going to be mad because he said that every time he watches us, he ends up spending money on books. Was that Thomas? Yeah, that? yeah that was Thomas. Thomas. That. Buy it. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. And I heard about it on a podcast. So ah, I'm probably actually going to get that one because I we have lost a lot. I mean, I think we've gained a lot, too, but I'm, I'm sure we've oh, lost yeah. a lot. The empathy. Piece the next I didn't book she's going to write is 100 Things We've Gained from the Internet. Ah, no, OK, joking. good, good. Oh, I'm I thought joking. you were for real. <laughs> maybe oh, you got me. You, you got. Yeah, me. maybe so. So I'm not going to be here next Friday, guys. I'll be thinking of you as I'm sitting on the beach. So, oh, I'm wondering if we're going to bring in a special guest. Maybe we'll bring in a special guest next Friday. 
Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That would be good. You want to be a special guest. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the Friday after Thanksgiving, we might have to have a vacation. Oh, we'll do a best of show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I figured out how to run best ofs. I think I've done that once before. But other than that, we have been live for 33 times since what, March or April or something like that. Yeah. We're doing pretty good here. We're more than half a year. Oh, yeah. You know, you're right. Yeah. Wow. This has been fun. And for all our fraud and audit professionals, man, thank you. Thank you, guys. This is this is just fun stuff for us. This is I don't know. This is just amazing what you can do. When you I, anyway, I won't I won't I won't even go down that path. It's just, it's just amazing what you can do when you start to collaborate with people and you just, uh, you know, just put it out there. Um, I get a lot of emails from folks saying thank you for the show. We love it. And now that it's on podcasting platforms, it's going worldwide. So, um, you know, next thing you know, we might be able to get a few sponsorships. <clears throat> I got my first sponsorship, not for my podcast, but for some classes. Nice. And it felt really good to like, and they like it. So it's fun. It works. Yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah. This is exciting. This is one thing we've gained from the internet is the ability to, you know, further our cause or causes depending on who you are. Oh, I couldn't do my job if I didn't have the internet. I wouldn't do my job. I'd be working at Starbucks. Yep. Well, all right, guys. Kelly, I will see you later. I know you have to run. And for everyone else, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye.